Welcome to Behind the Brand. This series is for you if you're interested in taking a deeper look at the appliance brands you're considering and if you want to learn more about the most popular brands in kitchen appliances in general. So we asked industry leaders about their latest advancements and what's next for your kitchens. You also find about the current supply chain problems and a realistic timetable for ordering appliances. But what's really fascinating is the origin story behind some of these brands. They're remarkable tales about entrepreneurs who build grills from sheet metal shops or created cooking products when people are used to cooking over an open flame. So what you're about to watch will show you how to make educated appliance buying decisions and as a bonus, a glimpse of the technological advancements that are on the horizon, as well as how to plan ahead before your next project. Urban Bonfire is a fast-growing company specializing for cabinets for the outdoors. Unlike many cabinets you can buy for the outside, it is both fashionable and durable, which is important in cold weather climates like ours. In today's episode, we speak with the owner of Urban Bonfire, Ryan Bloom. Ryan started out in the food and event industry and eventually found himself in outside cabinetry of all things. Urban Bonfire is a really interesting newer company with a unique origin story. So let's jump in. If you're looking for an outside kitchen or having a hard time finding good looking cabinets or even ideas for your outside, then this episode's for you. Today we'll be speaking to Ryan Bloom, CEO of an interesting cabinet company, Urban Bonfire, out of Montreal, no less. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> what I like about this series is the origin story of many brands and the origin story of founders like yourself. You started in food, in, in, in very different food. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, the original inspiration for Urban Bonfire uh, came from my experience uh, as a young child living in the country, an hour north of Montreal. Um, we bought the home when I was six, so 1980, and... My late father went to work on the property, trees down everywhere, dock in the water. The property hadn't been used in, I think, 30 years. And this bonfire pit was created to burn off wood and debris. That was the purpose of it. And it transformed over time into something incredibly celebratory, where it became where we would gather as a family, as friends, community over years and years. And the love of food really came from my mom. Um, we were never told as children, and I have two younger brothers, we were never told guys come down, dinner is ready. That is not something we ever heard. We were always involved in preparation, whether it was at young ages, peeling carrots to learning how to grill at under 10 years old. And it became very rooted in my enjoyment and my fun. I put myself through school as a waiter. Um, and Urban Bonfire started originally as a 400 square foot retail concept selling like Yale does, grills, smokers, varying price points. We did classes, events, workshops, created our own line of spices, sauces. The evolution into outdoor kitchen came in an organic sort of natural progression way, but outdoor kitchens was never in the original Urban Bonfire business plan. It was 
all about food and cooking. We were doing brisket classes, workshops, pizza, this, that's what it was. You know, it's really funny. You talk about urban bonfire. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the fact that you, that, that you're involved with a burrito chain and yes. a rustic pie yes. shop with yes. funfetti cakes yes. and Quebec, Quebec yes. apple pies. Wonderful, you know, um, wonderful apples. We that grow must be really with. different. But well, it's interesting. Oh, we've got great apples. We- it's interesting how it happened was I was uh, working and living in the Cayman Islands in my past life in real estate development, moved back to Montreal. My late father passed away uh, and I was suddenly really rethinking about passion and what I wanted to do with the sort of next chapter of my career. And I was I was a very young entrepreneur. I went right from university into my own business and started very young. Um, and Rusty came from, um, again, the local pie shop up in the country and trying to replicate that experience. Montreal is an incredible food city. Uh, I could not possibly reimagine or reinvent better croissant or baguette or French food than we already have. But the more traditional American Main Street pie shop didn't really exist here. And that's what Rustique was. I rented the space and the 400 square feet right next to it and was attached was the location for Urban Bonfire. So those two came to be six months apart. The burritos is a very different story. <laughs> you know, actually, it, it's, you know, one of the websites, both of them are, are really good, but obviously burritos, funfetti cakes, um, you go into uh, retailing in 400 square feet. Yeah. Um, what were your biggest challenges in opening a retail store? Now, for the outside. Now, you know, geographically, Montreal, I don't think of sunny, 70 degree balmy weather in January. So give us an idea, you know, what are some of the challenges you have? Well, first of all, it was, if you looked at any conventional business planning, wisdom, projections, all roads would have said, do not do this. My friends, my family said to me, do not do this. This was absolutely a uh, heart and passion and guts over logic because, as you just said, it is winter here about six months of the year. Um, I am an Anglophone. The vast majority of people here are Francophone, although I do speak French. I'm not as comfortable in it. It's not my native language. And we were talking about at the level of product we were bringing in, a level of price point that was so far above what the consumer was used to or what they were expecting that it was a major jump and a major hurdle. And I'm talking about, you know, grills at $3,000. People were looking at me like I was from Mars. Talk about the Lynxes, the Hestons, the Kalamazoo's at $25,000. And you're like, really, you're, you're coming from, from, you know, a completely different planet. But we, we took the approach of trying to be experiential and we're, and it's a good segue, the burrito concept actually came from a partnership we had with the local five-time Quebec barbecue champion. We partnered with him to do our classes and events. So we had a program, if you bought a Kamado Joe at the time, and this is almost eight years ago, with it came a class with this gentleman named Dylan Keir, who was the five-time Quebec Smart. barbecue. And we added so much value because there was cool factor. And Saturday, we'd have 30, 40 people outside and we'd be teaching. 
And one day he came back from a barbecue competition, which he won. And he said, I'm so sick of pulled pork and brisket. I just, I can't do it anymore. I need something different. And he has an award-winning barbecue restaurant here in Montreal. And he said, I actually started playing with different chilies and sauces and, and vegetables. And I turned it into this Southwest barbecue, smoky inspired concept. And that is what became what is known now as Tejano. And I co-invested with him and, and it is still around today. No, no, it's, it's actually pretty well reviewed too. Thank you. So you're into food. Yes. Then you become a retailer of outside products in Montreal. Yeah. I'm letting that sink in. It's kind of like outside products here in Boston, only a little bit, we're getting a little better. What prompted you to become a manufacturer? It, it really happened over over time. So we started creating kitchens the traditional way. My partner, Stefan, who, who, who you've met, uh, is an aeronautical engineer uh, by education and had tremendous experience in construction, design, building, using artisan refurbished materials, really, really cool stuff. So I had the construction partner that could allow us to do 10, 12, 15 kitchens locally a year, but they were construction projects we came to a point where we couldn't possibly scale that and how much time each one was taking was a real issue for us. We then started importing cabinets. And at a certain point we said, we think we can actually do something differently. Um, and we went to an engineering company with Stefan's support and we built out the original line of urban bonfire, which we only released for the first time in the spring of 2018. That was our first B2B. We took it to a show at HPBA, and that was how we started. And to come back to your, your question, how did we decide to become a manufacturer? Um, at the end of 2017, I was unbelievably passionate, but I was in five different businesses. I had a kitchen business, a retail business, an event space business here at Urban Bonfire. We were making sauces and spices. We were doing consulting work for major grill brands. And... Any one or any two of those are great, but try doing five. It's a recipe for disaster. And I found myself at the end of 2017 saying, holy blank, we're losing money. We need to really, really focus. And Stefan and I decided where can we add the most value to others and what's the most scalable? And we thought that our experience as retailers would benefit our eventual dealer partner clients like Yale because we've been on that side of the game and we understand what it's like to be in that salesperson's shoes. And that's what we did. Yeah, focus, focus is huge. Huge. But now you have Urban Bonfire, right? Yeah. Tell the audience why they should consider an Urban Bonfire versus building their own or another prefab. Well, first of all, it's important to say that I, there isn't a value judgment on this of which one is right and which one is wrong. It, it really comes sure. down to what is consumer taste, style, aesthetic. There are a lot of people who find Urban Bonfire or other cabinetry product, for example, uh, too modern and like that very big, heavy sort of stone look. Um, mm -hmm. We took the approach in our thinking of our, our line in the sand uh, was and is, if it doesn't work indoor, we're not going to do it outdoor. I don't believe philosophically that if people are going to use, enjoy, celebrate their outdoor spaces as much or sometimes more than their indoor ones, even in markets like Montreal or Boston, 
why, if you're stepping five feet through a patio door or walking 20 feet down a path to your backyard, your, your deck, your, your rooftop, why does functionality, design, usability that you would mm-hmm. already have, in, why does that fall off the cliff just because you're outside? So we wanted to say, or what we have done is take all indoor kitchen design principles and build them in outdoor material composition. So full cabinetry, drawers, accessories, the ability to move and adjust heights, really to customize the usability of each inch of space for you or for the user without any limitation, without being pigeonholed. Because one of the one of the critiques or one of the negatives of the traditional stone or framed kitchen is where the stainless steel access door garbage paper towel holder is, it is for life. There is no moving of it. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to build flexibility into our design process. And that's what we've done. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I always remember, you know, before Urban Bonfire, we always go to trade shows to try to look for, you know, prefabs because here in Boston, it's not like Miami where they can build these out and everybody knows how. Mm-hmm. You know, here in Boston, and I suspect in most northern parts, it's like, who does it? You know, the is it the um, mason, the landscape architect? Is it the inside architect? Is it, you know, and it's it's like this big pop-up that nobody seems to catch. We go to the trade shows and it's like, they show you these fake brick kind of, awful looking things and try to sell them to you. It's just, it's, you made it simple. Here it is. Here's what you can do. It's flexible and it's in it and it's nice and it's not faux anything. It's, it's a nice looking thing. So you know, a lot true. going on for it. Very true. And one of the other important points about this, and this has really happened over the last 15, 20 years, if you think about, or at least from my, when I was a, a young boy, I didn't have nano walls, these huge glass sort of things that created this connectivity between indoor and outdoor. We had a little three foot patio door that opened, but you couldn't see what was going on in the backyard. And today that's completely different. Today, the indoor and the outdoor stylistically are completely blended in most modern design. So there is this, um, there's this, there's this, uh, weird thing that people have the perception that the outdoor kitchen client from urban bonfire and and others are these unbelievably passionate grillers who are out there, you know, smoking briskets for 13 hours and that type of thing that represents a very, very small percentage of our customer base. Our customer base is far more led by designer, female, aesthetically pleasing and cohesion of, of aesthetic. That is much, much more of the customer who is selecting urban bonfire for their spaces and, and other cabinetry manufacturers in, in the same vein. Yeah. And the fact that yours doesn't crumble uh, during winter certainly helps as well. Right. It does. It does. You know, so I, I guess, you know, a lot of, a lot of factors that people want something designed well, they want it to last longer and they want it to look good. And, and you check all those boxes. And, you know, one thing that COVID did do is, is accelerate all those home trends. So for sure. Good to be good and lucky at the same time. Could you, I was just wondering, could you give us the, the best urban bonfire installation to date? And you can give us some pictures and we'll, we'll put them up as you describe it to demonstrate your capabilities. What, what's the best or a couple notable urban bonfire installations? Like, you know, I've seen some of them in Brooklyn and yeah. you know, in some city installations that were really kind of cool. But what's, what's the best one in your mind? Um, 
We have a bunch. It, it's really, it, it's hard to sort of select one. Um, but we just installed a gorgeous, gorgeous kitchen in the, in the Palm Springs area for a very dear friend of ours. Um, and the, the, the view corridor that goes with it is remarkable. You've got the mountains and the desert. It just is absolutely beautiful and, and, and picturesque in terms of where it's placed. Um, for me, it's, I get jazzed not as much from the pictures and I know they're beautiful and we have lots of gorgeous projects and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this with humility. I get more jazz by the note from the homeowner who says, this has changed the way I spend time with my family. I used mm. to, before I, my kids go to camp every year, we used to go to this famous restaurant and we used to that. And now my kids don't want to go to a restaurant. They want you know, to cook ribs and do it at home. And it's a greater, that means more to me than the actual aesthetic, because that is the emotional connection point that I am so desperately seeking as a brand. It sounds, maybe it sounds a little cheesy, but I, I genuinely in my bones believe that Urban Bonfire is like a canvas for creating people's outdoor memories. And that's the part that lights me up. Well, it's cheesy when you don't mean it. It's idealistic when you do. So I, you. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, it's certainly a good reaction. Thank you. Now let's talk about some things um, that I, I, this is a, this is a common question. New manufacturers suddenly become popular. I would say very popular. Yeah. How has the supply chain affected you, especially as it's affected older, more entrenched companies? How are your lead times? Our lead times at this point are consistent as they have been in the last three years. Uh, we have been extremely uh, lucky and proactive in terms of uh, buying of raw materials in uh, in major in major quantities uh, ahead of time or early. Um, stockpiling uh, pieces like hinges, handles. The vast majority of our product is actually made here domestically, uh, right here in Montreal. We do not have uh, significant uh, reliance on overseas parts and manufacturing, quite the opposite. Um, and we are extremely lucky, but at this point, our manufacturing times are not affected. We're still in an eight to 10 week, including delivery transit time on custom everything. And that is also based on, and again, my partner Stefan and, and his brilliance of not being in the one-off custom business, having a modular system that is robust and custom for the consumer and their design professional, but modular for us. And that is yeah, what makes parts. us different. Similar parts. In fact, your private company, you can inventory a little better than a public company would, right? Correct. Exactly. And, you know, if you think about inventory of finished product like grills or refrigeration, uh, it takes huge amounts of space where metal parts that we stock in hundreds of thousands of pieces, it's a ton of stuff, mm -hmm. but it actually doesn't take up a ton of space. So what's next for Urban Bonfire? I mean, I imagine you have a lot of suitors because... There aren't too many. There aren't too many good players in your space. Um, where do you think? Uh, where, where are you going to go? Um, what's next for you guys? Well, a lot of things going on. I mean, we have some pretty. 
we have some really interesting plans for product development. Uh, you know, I never wanted Urban Bonfire, and, and it's why I'm f- so focused on the brand and you know the experience because I, I never wanted to be a cabinet maker. I don't see myself as that. Uh, we have tremendous plans for how do we continuously activate outdoor space, fire features, lighting, furniture modules the types of things that take a space and turn it into a room in the outdoor setting. So those are the things that we're really interested in. And also, frankly, really developing programs and product development with some of the leading grill manufacturers in the world. Um, you know, we, we, are, we are lucky and our positioning is such that our products are compatible with every major grill brand and size. As you know from your own your own your own retail showrooms, you can show it with any brand and specify it or sell it with any brand. And we never want to lose that um, that universal uh, applicability. It's a very important part of what we do. Um, but we're also very excited about the future and 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 using technology into into our products. You think you you think where do you think outside living is going? I mean. To what extreme? Um, what do you think? I, I think that even though the outdoor cooking, grill, cabinet, overall industry has grown remarkably over the last few years, uh, I think it's just getting started for a few reasons. Um, first and foremost, I think it has been one of the fastest growing categories for the last decade. And I think COVID was not the not what started it. It was certainly an accelerant. I think that in even incredibly expensive, beautifully designed homes, the outdoors is 10 to 15 years behind the indoors. It is not uncommon to see a beautiful indoor kitchen with European cabinetry and and a remarkably gorgeous luxury appliances, countertops, and three feet away through a glass door, there's a 10-year-old, you know, rusty a barbecue that was purchased at a big box store. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying this is the opportunity now to have the outdoors come up to mirror and to match the indoors. And, and I think more than anything, the single biggest factor in this segment's growth has been that, and, and we've talked about this in the past, I think that for almost all of its history, the outdoor cooking industry has ignored women. There was an incredibly male-driven product manufacturing, marketing, and messaging. And there was this, women were not welcome in many ways. And finally, thank goodness, over the last five years, that has changed on so many levels. Manufacturers realizing certain things. And, and that, to me, is the fundamental change. Because historically, you had... of buying decisions in North American homes and families are driven by female. And you've got an entire category that is not recognizing that. So I think that right now is going to be the biggest factor in the next decade. I totally agree. I think the outside space is going to be decorated on par with the inside space, or at least to your point, have it match more. I think there's, there's, there's certainly a lot of opportunities for, for consumers to get or more opportunities for consumers to get that done more than ever. For sure. But uh, interesting, very interesting. Pies, burritos, retail stores. Um, 
you know, thank you. It was a very interesting conversation. Thank you. You know, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. It's, uh, I love what you do and I love, we've talked about this when you were a guest, you were a guest on our fireside chat podcast. And I, I'm, uh, I'm consistently, uh, wowed and deeply respectful of how you have taken such an incredible lead in this industry in terms of speaking to people with real transparency and giving real thoughts of the good, the bad, and the other on things. And I think that level of authenticity is so incredibly valuable and, and, and I deeply respect what, what you do as a result. I appreciate that. Um, we have a lot of good people here, really. Um, you sure do. You know, I'm, I'm very lucky in that regard. Yeah. Now that we learned about Urban Bonfire and all of the possibilities for your outside space, let's stop over at one of the showrooms to see these products in action. We spoke to one of our salespeople to give us a tour with a more in-depth explanation of the appliances mentioned during our interview. Previously, when you were doing an outdoor kitchen, you'd almost always see brick and masonry as part of that. Over the last couple of years, one of the major shifts that we've seen with outdoor kitchens is urban bonfire marine grade aluminum cabinets. People really like the change here as it gives you something different than maybe everything else that you've seen. And it really allows you to customize and personalize it to how you like it. There's a lot of many different colors to choose from in the cabinets and then many different colors to choose from in the countertops. One of the nice things with these is they're modular and so easy to install as opposed to having to deal with a mason to deal with brick or masonry cabinets. These are made really, really well. Again, marine grade aluminum to resist any rust. You'll see in the cabinets, really nice shelving and drawers with nice hinge system on here. The other nice thing about these is if you're ever leaving your current home or you want to bring these with you, again, very easy to do and bring with you. Urban Bonfire offers these in a few different ways. One, fully customizable to any size and shape that you'd like. And they also offer their classic series, which is their most popular colors and shapes, which are much faster ship times as well. So in short, you're really seeing a shift in design in outdoor kitchens to go with these outdoor cabinets as opposed to masonry again, so customers can really customize it, colors, size, shape, and these will work with almost any grill manufacturer out on the market today. That's it for today's episode. Next week, we'll be interviewing Randy Warner, Vice President of Sales for LG. Randy shares the story behind the evolution of one of the most recognized brands and appliances along with what the future of smart technology may look like. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, if you like what you learned, don't forget to like or subscribe for more information about appliances, home renovation tips, and trends. See you next week.